From Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal, and this is Next Round, a VinePair podcast conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regular podcast episodes in order to examine how we move forward as a drinks business following the COVID-19 crisis. Today, I'm talking with Jake Kirsch. He's the Vice President of Innovation at Anheuser-Busch. Jake, thanks so much for your time. No, thanks, Zach. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. So let's start with a, a simple question. What, what exactly is the VP of Innovation? What is that job? What do you do? <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great question. Uh, and, uh, you know, innovation is such a buzzword now uh, that it's, it's one I, I actually get a lot. Um, I, I, first of all, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate. I sometimes wonder, I don't know whatever I'll ever I'll do after this, uh, but I have the um, uh, honor and uh, privilege to, to basically look after all the new products uh, that we develop and then Hazard Bush. So, uh, Beers, seltzers, uh, everything you know, sort of under under the sun, um, and uh, you know, on, on average, we're um, uh, you know we're launching a number of things every year, uh, and we have a number of ideas that are always in the hopper. So that's what my team does, from you know, coming up with the ideas to actually bringing them to life in the market. Cool. And and is it more? I mean, like I kind of have this image, and it's maybe accurate, maybe inaccurate. I sort of picture you like in a lab coat with test tubes, like you know, combining hops and barley and then sometimes it explodes but but in in truth what is what is the job like you know what what do you what is what is the sort of uh the what are, what are the sources of inspiration i guess yeah so for, first of all i think you're you're giving us uh giving at least me way way too much credit right so mostly <laughs> i come up with powerpoint ideas and then we have an amazing r&d team that that helps to actually bring them bring them to life so uh um, uh, uh, you know, but, but they, they wear lab coats and are really the, the mad scientists, uh, you know, as part of our, as part of our team. Uh, you know, and what's really great is there's so many sources of inspiration now. First of all, uh, you know, within the overall alcohol business, right? It's so dynamic today from what you see in beer and the creativity that people are, you know, expressing both in big brands, in new brands and small brands, in craft, uh, in the seltzer segment, um, then, of course, across total alcohol, right, there's so many new, um, you know, new kinds of opportunities emerging and new things that people are dreaming up and a lot of cross crossing across categories uh, that make it really interesting. And then also just in non-alcohol, right, if you look at beverage um, and then even food uh, and, and generally in the world around us, right, there's so much inspiration now. Um, you know, and that's actually one of the interesting things about about COVID. We've seen, you know, even a lot of changes, uh, you know, and patterns emerging and and things really speeding up. And so it's, it, you know, it's really forced us in some ways to just, you know, be able to take a step back and, and, and reexamine some of those things. But there's so much, you know, of inspiration in the world around us, I would say, generally. Yeah, definitely. And, and, I, and I think that's interesting to talk about how, you know, what, what the, the sort of period of time and, and COVID has meant. And, and I want to get to that in a minute, but I, I want to just, just uh, kind of clarify a little bit more or, or maybe give some examples. So, so what are some of the, the, like the new uh, innovation products that, that Anheuser-Busch has launched either has just launched or is, will be launching kind of the rest of this, uh, this year? Yeah. So um, we've got a number um, and uh, you know, playing in, in, in several different parts of the category. So first it, I, I uh, couldn't do it justice without mentioning Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, it's the, it's been the number one innovation new launch in the category this year. Um, and the whole idea here was right. That, that, uh, of course, seltzer has been around. Um, you know, we, we actually have the brand that invented the category in, in Bon Viv and Spike Seltzer. Uh, but there were still a lot of people who weren't really engaged in it. 
and, um, you know, who maybe didn't know the brands that were playing there uh, and were looking for different options. And so, you know, here comes Bud Light, right? And, and you know, largest alcohol brand on, in the world and, and can really bring in those people who, who may not be engaged in the, in the category in the same way, uh, right? So we've seen an incredible response there. The product's amazing, um, you know, and, and so we've been, you know, very, very excited. Um, you know, w- we have a lot of innovation that we've launched in beer, some, some pretty new things. So on the other end of the spectrum, we, we launched this year a product called Bud Zero. Um, it's, uh, it's a non-alcohol beer. We've had a lot of non-alcohol beers, but it's been a segment that's sort of been ignored by the, um, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, um, you know, here, here comes Budweiser that, again, is a way to bring credibility to the segment, something that was maybe just seen for pregnant women or people who just weren't drinking or things like that into a, you know, a big brand um, with, you know, really a killer taste, right? Again, the, the R&D team did, a, did an amazing job, something that really tastes like beer, but it's only 50 calories, no sugar, uh, you know, a really way to rethink what non-alcoholic beer is. And I find myself, you know, maybe when I would have had a kombucha or a soda instead, here I'm going to have one of these. So I think it's, you know, really a way that's also expanding that, that area of the category. Um, and then in the in-between, right, one of our recent things that I'm really liking is a product called Stella Solstice Lager. Um, you know, Stella Artois is, again, a, a brand that's been around, but, um, uh, you know, it's really, it's, it's actually funny. B- beer is generally sold in the summer. Stella, a lot of it's sold in the wintertime. Uh, so here's a product that, um, uh, you know, is really opening up and making people think about the brand in a different way in this, in this summer season. Um, so it's a, it's a slightly lighter beer. It's more aromatic. Um, we did some interesting things with hops um, uh, where you get, a, you know, some really nice, uh, uh, notes in, in the beer and it's only 105 calories in a bottle. So it's sort of a, you know, perfect thing for summer and already sort of showing some, some results. So we've got a lot going on, right? Beer beyond and, and, you know, everywhere in between. And that's what sort of keeps it dynamic and, and exciting. So I have a, I have a couple of quick questions that, that, that prompted. Uh, the first is, is calorie count one of the big sort of driving factors that you find that, that just determines kind of how, how people are gravitating towards a product? I mean, certainly it's been, it's been in the conversation in one form or another for a while, but it certainly seems like, like a lot of products are launching or being uh, promoted sort of on the basis of their calorie count. Is that, is that sort of an accurate picture? Yeah, just taking a step back, right? You know, when we think of, when we're, when we're looking at innovation, Right, we're really looking at. We've got to start with people and and where they're headed and what they need. And it, and and if you go where people go, that's where you can you know sort of find growth. And one of the biggest areas, it's not just in in alcohol, but but you know almost in any category, is this area of health and wellness. And you know more more importantly, right, if you sort of unpack that a little bit, there's this you know really big space of sort of wanting no no compromise, right? Which is I want all the taste, I want all the flavor, I want you know maybe the alcohol. But, but I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, trade off on, on calories and carbs because even more so I'm, I'm you know, focused on sort of my, my healthy lifestyle. So that's, you know, it's something that we see that's in beer. It's, it's, it's driving a lot of the growth in, in there, like with Michelob Ultra, right? But it's also driving the, the huge growth that we see in, in hard seltzers. Uh, and so it's, it, it's for sure a, a, a very relevant um, uh, point trend. Um, and, uh, and something that we think is, you know, really going to continue into the future as well. Gotcha. And then a kind of a, a, a little bit broader question just as well. Like when you are looking and you and your team are looking at potential innovations, is it more, and, and maybe it's both of these things to some extent, but I'm wondering, is it more something like with Stella where you say, Hey, you know, we, we find that most of the sales are in the winter. What can we do with the sort of the Stella, 
I don't know, a base, I suppose, or identity, but but make it a little more summer friendly. Is it that, or is it more like, here's a product that we think is going to have a market. Now, how do we kind of, what brand does it make sense to attach it to, like Bud Light Seltzer? Yeah, we really, uh, when we think about it, right, I would say we have this mantra of, of people first. And, what you know, it's really important because if we ultimately start with where people are going, what their needs are, where the trends are, then those other pieces start to, you know, fall into place. And we spend a lot of time, we spend three months sort of at the, you know, in the beginning of the year, really going deep on that idea of people first, right? Going into the trends, going out and we spend two, three weeks actually with people living with them or, you know, going out to drink with them or, you know, different types of things in different groups, um, you know, and, and really trying to understand, okay, what's, what, how is their behavior changing and what are, what are needs that are emerging under that? And what are, we like to even say problems that they have, you know, with, 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 the, with maybe the category as, as it is today. And when we can start with focusing on problems or people and their needs, you know, that's, uh, that can be a great source of, of creativity to actually come up with then solutions. And, and you know, a solution uh, can have a brand or it can be something that's entirely new. Um, you know, but, but generally that's how we're really focused is this idea of people first identifying the needs and then, and only then, uh, you know, sort of getting to the solutions and, and then saying, okay, do we have a, you know, brand that can maybe, you know, meet up with the solution so it, you know, it can leverage some of the, you know, assets and scale that we already have as a business. So I'm wondering, you know, to, to sort of pivot into what we're dealing with now and going forward with, especially with COVID, you know, how has that affected um, your sort of new product launches in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe you're sort of still figuring out what that might affect in terms of, you know, what, what new product actually get developed, but just in terms of taking them to market, how, how, what's the impact of Yeah. You know, COVID, I think like, like a lot of businesses, it has had a massive impact on our, on our business. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the very fact that 15% of, of, of our business is in bars and restaurants and, you know, effectively closed, uh, and, and that was also true for, uh, you know, it really did affect, uh, you know, our innovations. Uh, so generally, you know, when we when we launch new products, uh, it happens right in the spring, right in March, uh, which is generally when when, our, when retailers, you know, bring new products onto the market. And that's, of course, when COVID happened. Uh, so off the bat, they said, you know what, we, um, uh, we want to really limit the number of people who are coming in our stores. We want to limit the number of work that needs to happen in, in the stores. And so we're going to hold off on bringing in some of these new items. And at the same time, uh, uh, consumers were saying, you know what, I'm, I'm really turning back to brands that I trust. Um, it's been incredible to see, you know, people go back to brands like Bush and Bud Light and, and the growth behind those and, and brands that they know and they trust and were sort of, you know, uh, uh, returning to during the early phases of COVID. Um, so it, it did, uh, you know, it's sort of a really key moment, right? We did see that, uh, you know, slower out of the gate than, than we would have liked and even made the choice to, to, to delay some of the products that we would have brought to the market. But at the same time, um, we also know that as we've gotten into the later phases of, of COVID, as people have sort of been under lockdown or emerging from lockdown, they're looking for a way to indulge again. And, um, you know, drinks and new, new drinks and, and products can be a great way to do that. And so almost as, you know, we've gotten into May and June, uh, there's been a, a, you know, almost a boomerang effect where people are saying, ah, now I want to, you know, try something new or I'm, you know, maybe getting together with some close family and friends. And, you know, I'd like to, to actually bring something new to share with them. And so, 
you know, we've seen a little bit of a bounce back of, of really that appetite, you know, opening back up. And we've, so let's say, you know, also kept the pace with some of our innovations. So I mentioned, you know, Stella Solstice, for instance, or a new seltzer that we launched called Social Club, which is a top shelf cocktail inspired seltzer. These are things that we, you know, again, we see that people are coming out of lockdown and looking for that, you know, sort of treat or trade up that they're, that they're receptive to. Um, and finally, what I would say is, you know, when we look longer term, we only see that, that trends and, and behaviors have accelerated or will accelerate because of COVID. Um, so how people socialize, people's attention on health and wellness, um, you know, and, and people's attention on, for instance, value. And as a result of that, it really does open up an opportunity for, for innovation. And so generally, we've kept the pace. Um, our folks in the lab coats and uh, the mad scientists have kept very busy, probably busier than they've ever been, and are uh, really taking advantage of this period to be focused and, and continue to work on, you know, those, those new kind of things that can meet these meet people where they're going to be headed uh, as we get out of COVID. Yeah, it makes sense. And and is there is there been a little bit of a change? I mean, I'm imagining that many of these products that you are uh, kind of innovating with and that are, are bringing to market are are going to have maybe multiple packagings and things like that. But but obviously without the without the on premise component or with a much diminished on premise component, has it had to kind of change? You know, is is a is a six pack for something more appealing than a individual? you know, can, or, I mean, again, I'm not sure about the specifics with each of the products, but I'm wondering if, if kind of literally the packaging has had to be a little bit rethought or, or at least uh, emphasized differently with, with people mostly consuming at home. Yes, I would, I I would uh, first say, you know, in terms of the on-premise, right, we really focused on um, uh, what are going to be the most relevant things to people that we enjoy at home, right? So for instance, uh, we know that, you know, variety packs continue to be you know, really the, the game in seltzers. And that's only continued, right? Because it's a great way to, you know, have a one-stop shop, uh, meet, meet the, you know, sort of everyone around the table and have a, have, have a, have something that everyone's going to enjoy. So that kind of a, you know, pack we definitely see being relevant. Also actually larger pack sizes because people are looking to get in the store, stock up and get out, right? I'm not necessarily looking to spend an hour browsing now. So I would say those are, those are, those are two patterns. Um, we also, it's interesting, we, we see that there's a new uh, sort of need or awareness around the safety and hygiene of the packaging. Uh, and, you know, we've always taken a lot of precautions in the quality of our products to, to make sure that what gets to the market is going to be, you know, the best quality, the best safety for, for somebody to be able to enjoy. Uh, but now it's actually, we, we think there's even new creative solutions that will emerge. Uh, and so that's a very active actually work stream for us is all around, you know, packaging hygiene and what are the kind of solutions that we can give people as we go forward to, so that they feel very confident about the, the hygiene and safety and quality of, of the products that they're going to consume. So that's almost something that's brand new, you know, during and, and, and post COVID. And I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned the, the safety and hygiene part of it. And, and I'm wondering, has it, and I know this isn't exactly, um, or maybe it is a part of your 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 department. I'm not certain, but but does that get into the the distribution as well to some extent, or is that kind of outside of your purvey? You know, so I, I, the direct distribution, right? As you know, in beer, right, we work through our our family of wholesalers uh, to go to the market. Um, but what we what we try to do, even when we look at that, is think through what are all the steps that a product's going to go through before it gets to the market, and say how do we. Uh, uh, first, share all the precautions and things that we're doing, right? So, for instance, the UV treatment of a lid before it leaves the leaves the brewery, to the fact that it's then shrink wrapped and never touched before it hits the shelf. So, we, we have the information and data to be able to understand that 
Um, and, and that's something that can be relevant for, for our consumers. So in that sense, it's, um, you know, we touch it, uh, even though uh, at the end of the day, right, we're working through our, you know, family of, of third party distributors. Gotcha. And then I think kind of my last general question, or at least area that I'm curious about, and, and you, you touched on this a little bit, I think, but, I, but I'd love to, if you can expand a little more, you know, we've sort of had this, this first wave, not, not from a disease standpoint, but just from the, the sort of societal impact of what, you know, lockdowns, quarantines, or at least a sort of definitely dramatically affected landscape looks like. But it seems, unfortunately, like some of this is going to be with us for, you know, for a while longer, this, this, this conversation is not going to mark the end of when people are concerned about these things and are, you know, staying home or at least limiting their, their time in larger groups. So do you have a sense or, or thoughts about how that might affect future innovation? Do you think that, that, you know, the, the kinds of products that you might be developing or th- starting on for 2021 are, are going to look different than they might've if COVID hadn't happened or do you, or is that, is that not a, do you not think about it that way? So first I would say we've been, very close and, and having a lot of conversations with, with, with consumers as COVID has happened, right? In fact, we, we talk to about 7,000 people a week uh, and follow up with, you know, even that's quantitative. And then we, of course, have, you know, follow on conversations with them to really understand how people's attitudes and behaviors might be shifting. And what we see is broadly simply an acceleration of things that were already happening, right? So you, you take seltzer, for instance, right? And going from you know, 200% to, to 300, 400% growth rates, right, of, in, in, in the segment. You see, uh, you know, somewhat people already being attuned to making sure value for money and that only accelerating because of the economic fallout of COVID. Um, so generally it's, you know, there's this quote of, uh, I think it's Marx, right, of, of uh, decades and weeks. And that's, that's a little bit of what we, what we see, probably not to that extreme, but, but certainly uh, years and weeks in terms of the acceleration, e-commerce, is another one, right? Where where alcohol or beer and e-commerce was was very low, and it's you know uh, uh, had tremendous growth during this period. Um, so generally, it's it's more about a, a acceleration of, of effects, uh, and as a result, right? Um, we've been able to learn throughout this, but we're really working to keep the pace on what we've been doing from innovation. It, we fine tune our plans a little bit, um, and I think the only thing I would the biggest thing I would say is we understand now that ever more important f- it will be focus. So, um, uh, you know, people will be more choiceful about where they spend their money. Um, uh, retailers will be more choiceful about the products as a result that they have on the shelves. And so we have a great opportunity, uh, but it's, it's also, you know, on us to make sure that we're, we're really focusing on the things that can really make a difference, solve problems, and, um, uh, and ultimately have material impact for our business. Very cool. Well, Jake, I really appreciate your time. Fascinating to hear about how uh, how innovation works at a at a company like Anheuser Busch and, and how it's being uh, shaped by this crisis. It's, it was really uh, yeah, fascinating. I, I I still can't shake the lab coats image, but but I guess there's probably a lot more uh, PowerPoints and spreadsheets. So uh, <laughs> again, thank thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Bear Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vine Pair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.